Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I am joined by my hosts, Alex and Dan. Can't get rid of me. (laughs) This week, we'll be talking about Happy Death Day and why people in general enjoy being scared. So, spoiler alert, sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, happy Groundhog's Day. We thought it'd be fun to record a episode about a looping movie on Groundhog's Day, but um, it's going to be released after Groundhog's Day, we, so it's not special for you guys. We really, it, we were so proud of ourselves thinking like, wow, we're going to watch a Groundhog's Day type movie and record it on Groundhog's Day and completely forgot that it gets released a week later. Yeah. So let's just jump into it. What did we all think of Happy Death Day? Uh, I'll definitely start off by letting everyone know that I am generally not a fan of scary movies. I don't enjoy getting scared. I feel like a baby. And even with this movie that was mostly comedic, I still had to lower the volume plenty of times. (laughs) I did cover my face or I distracted myself. Um, But with all of that said, in the context of the scary movies I've seen, I enjoyed it. Wuss. It's, so whenever I seek out scary films, it's always within a group setting. I feel like it's sort of like a sort of a, a communal experience, like gather around the campfire and tell a scary story. So I actually watched this film by myself, and I enjoyed my I really enjoyed it. But maybe that's just to the film's credit. It was more of a, a comedic spin, I feel. Mm-hmm. But I found it more enjoyable than thrilling. Yeah, I tend to watch horror movies in a group. I don't actively seek out horror movies generally. Um, This one I watched alone because I have no friends. Oh, same. Yeah, you guys are my uh, business associates. You're not my friend. I did enjoy it. It's not great, but it's fun. Yeah. It's entertaining. I agree. Um, I always think in the context of do the consequences follow through? And this one, obviously, since it's looping, no, the consequences don't follow through. But even in the rules that they develop, they are pretty broken. Um, mm-hmm. The girl Tree, 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 which my Sorority first off, tree. dumb name. Okay, go on. Okay, so the girl Tree gets weaker every time she dies, which I thought was a really fun twist. It like escalated the the scales, but she stopped getting weaker. Like, yeah. she she got weaker to the point of a doctor said that she should be dead, and then she died two more times after that. There was and, no... And she was fine for those, for those like, two yeah, lives. There was no representation of it. I thought in sense of, oh, shoot, is, like, the stab wound she's receiving, is, does she have, like, actual scar tissue there? Or, like, after she died in a car explosion, is she gonna have some, like, burn marks? On, like, I was looking forward, like, oh, she have any burns on her body? But... No, she uh, she gets up and picks herself back up again and re-motivates. Yeah, so, I like, did enjoy um, carrying over. So, like, in one scenario, she gets drowned, and then when she wakes up, she, like, spits all the water out. Yeah. Or in one scenario, she hangs herself, and so, like, she wakes up and cracks her neck. Yeah. I thought that was funny. But you brought that... You, that is a good point, which I hadn't thought of. They mention, oh, you're getting weaker, and you're having all these repercussions of how you're dying... That matters once. 
<laughs> and then like is never talked about again. Yeah, actually, it, you it, bring it, up it, the the puking with the water. I like that with another added layer in the sense that um, uh oh shoot, I forgot his name. Con not Con Carter. Carter. Carter brought her brought her home because she was excessively drunk. So she probably he probably just thinks oh she's just puking from last night or whatever. But <laughs> nope, nope, she just. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it just sort of felt like the escalation of consequences was really just to get her to the hospital. And then, like, that allowed for the progression of the discoveries that occurred. But I wish they had followed through with that, and I think it could have made it a much better movie if they, like, kept going with this idea. But I understand, at the end of the day, like, once she successfully got out of the loop, would she just be like injured at the end of the movie and just be like mm -hmm. really dim or is she gonna get to feel that sense of i did it and like celebrate and all that there's a great fake out at the end um because she successfully um finds and kills the murderer that's been killing her and so in her plan is that breaks the loop but then she wakes up in the same scenario that she's been waking up and I was genuinely like, oh no, like she's trapped. Cause that's one of my biggest fears is getting trapped somewhere. So getting trapped in an endless time loop. But then it turns out Carter just like remembered what he did the day before and did the exact same thing. And so she freaked out. Yeah. I like the idea that the, the hero's triumph was not the actual solution. Well, at least the fake, like before the whole fake out. And right. Happened. So like you would have <laughs> liked if that if that didn't fix it um it would certainly be interesting it'd probably yeah. be a different film i, I, oh, yeah. I think <laughs> if um it would speak a lot about it's like oh it would be killing the enemy doesn't solve the problem it would be sad death day because now she's still stuck um a few more things <laughs> on the movie. i don't want to i don't want to dismiss that joke <laughs> that was a bad joke okay now we can go Maybe if the movie was better, I'd have better material. <laughs> um, a big pet peeve of mine, this is like a very minor fact, but it's a part of Tree's character that she doesn't like her birthday and that she doesn't want other people to know that it's her birthday, but she has a custom ringtone that says, it's my birthday. Yeah. Why would you set that as your ringtone? It's like, that oh. was misleading and a really like a huge misunderstanding of how ringtones work. Yeah. Because it doesn't only ring on your birthday it's like i don't think anywhere is there i can't i didn't find that in the, in the yeah. settings of your phone you didn't find that yeah. no. so it was kind of like maybe her dad's ringtone is that because he only he calls. calls on her birthday oh, <laughs> that would joke. be really sad <laughs> that's very sad and like that's her remembering what i did like though and i don't know if they did it on purpose was she got blackout drunk the night before like one of her least favorite days Mm -hmm. and so like maybe that's an aspect of her coping was like one of the reasons that she kept drinking to the point of she woke up in the stranger's uh dorm was because she knew she had to face today and deal with the ramifications of celebrating a birthday without her mother again wow this movie has layers maybe not <laughs> unlike a birthday cake <laughs> joke number two for those of you keeping track at home um, yeah, there definitely is that, uh, I would say the sort of the, uh, the movie's message to the point is, uh, just learning to confront 
your issue instead of continuously trying to avoid them. In that sense, definitely that's whether that took the form of her excessively drinking or that was just part of her sorority girlness. That, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I want to give the movie that much credit, but it's <laughs> definitely present there for you to analyze. Yeah, I like the idea of at first her plan is, okay, I'm going to find out who the murderer is and I'm just going to, if I if I'm wrong and I die, then I wake up the next day. So she is like facing the problem but she's still avoiding talking to her dad. She's avoiding that guy that um, keeps going up to her and saying, like, why haven't you returned my texts? Because you're gay. Like <laughs> <laughs> what a plot twist. Yeah, I did not see that coming. That was the bigger plot twist yeah. of the movie. And this movie has several twists. <laughs> and, and there was also the aspect of she isn't addressing how she's kind of a mean person. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how... There's a montage where she keeps living and dying and then the song Confident is playing and she's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. She walks but out you, you in a birthday been, suit. <laughs> you had been doing that. Like she's a, she's an entitled, entitled sorority girl and it's like, oh, now I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I did like the jokes of the sorority girls. I did, like yeah. having them as characters and like poking fun. At sorority girls, one line I really liked was the uh, the main girl being interviewed after the fact and was like, what a stupid way to try to kill one of the yeah. Kappa blah blah yeah. blahs. We don't even eat cupcakes. <laughs> um, would you say with the first like uh, intro montage sequence, did you, I don't know, did you hate Tree right off the bat? Because part of me felt like a lot of her like bitchy sorority attitude was like pretty justifiable. In some scenes or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't sign some stupid global warming thing or whatever. <laughs> Just ignore that. Oh, some losers camped out in front of a sprinkler. Yeah, uh, they uh, didn't, I mean, they didn't like put her in a stereotype of mean sorority girl. And it definitely brought the question to me was, Carter likes her a lot. And he didn't seem like the stereotypical, I just like her because she's hot. But she didn't necessarily show the kind of person that she was until like later on in the loops. Mm-hmm. And so there were opportunities there of like, well, there's something redeemable about her because gorgeous, dreamy Carter likes her. <laughs> can't he's so emphasize that enough. He's good looking. He's he's got it going. Yeah. I've never heard or used the phrase boy next door, but he's a boy next door. Like he has that look. One thing that I think was almost accidental of the movie in the sense that it's sort of, it almost rewarded the decent good guy act in the sense that um, all of Carter's actions, like uh, they're just being reset because the day is starting over and it's just Tree feeling uh, increasingly more grateful toward mm-hmm. him and like falling in love with uh, with Carter. But at one point you could almost argue it's, oh, Carter, you like uh, you were the good guy and took me home to your dorm or whatever. Let's make out now. It was almost the start of one of the days. I'm like, oh, that's a dangerous thing to reinforce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. sex as a reward is never something you want to like enforce. But um, Dan, you brought up how Carter's actions keep getting uh, erased or reset, and that had me think of something. Um, I heard on like a YouTube channel about video games where in this particular one they were playing Skyrim and they kept 
getting killed by the same enemy. You broke the and, law. Pay the fine. And he was like, oh man, I feel really bad for this. I think it was like a troll. He's like, because he keeps winning, but canonically I win. Like <laughs> I get as many chances as I need to until I'm the winner. And this guy's hard work of killing me just like gets washed away as many times as I want or need it to. And then that got me thinking in this movie, and I believe in Groundhog's Day, I can't remember if they explain why he's looping, but it's never explained why the day resets. So I would love like a movie like this where maybe at the end the twist is they're a video game character and they keep <laughs> losing and then they finally progress and then, like, that's why they get to move on. Jumanji, welcome to the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't like that justification, but I, I did notice that it wasn't explained why she was looping. And I, I don't know if there would have been a justification that would have satisfied me. Like, yeah. obviously, it would have to be some supernatural sense, which yeah. I guess didn't really fit. In the context of the uh, like movie. It, it became very evident there was no link between the murderer or, or the resetting of the day. It was almost like a um, the universe trying to teach her a lesson sort of thing yeah. is what I took away from it. Yeah, and I, was, I think I was more okay with that than if they had panned out and then it had turned virtual and then people <laughs> were just playing a game. I would have been upset. <laughs> <laughs> Which... But why? <laughs> you haven't invested in either. <laughs> I don't know. I know that it's fake, but I want the rules to exist in the movie. I never get that argument with, like, oh, it was all a dream or it was all a video game in a movie being unsatisfying. Because, like, oh, nothing mattered. None of it mattered. <laughs> it's a movie. Like, <laughs> if, it's, if it's a video game and it becomes, oh, it was all a dream... I get that one a little bit more because you're actively putting time and effort into it. But a movie, you're just sitting there and watching it. Well, I get I get invested in the characters and I want... Like, it gets to a point where I'm rooting for this fictional person and then I want that to be rewarding at the end. They yeah. actually get the girl. What is and wrong in my with head, being confident? <laughs> and, and in my, she found out that nothing is wrong with being confident. <laughs> feel like you're dismissing my opinion. <laughs> yeah, because you're bringing up good rebuttal no. to my point. So. <laughs> I just, I agree with you. There's a certain point that you, you just start rooting for Tree when she, like, really buckles down. She puts on her war point, her war paint. It's like, all right, let's go through the suspect list. It's like, all right. Which didn't really amount to, to much. It did not. <laughs> She's yeah, like, yeah, Carter, yeah. that was terrible advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I did like the montage not being successful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we've had mainly negative things to say or just things of like, oh, this was interesting if that's what they were doing, but I doubt that that's what they meant. Um, but we were all entertained by this movie. Yeah. So why were we? And why in general are we entertained by horror movies? Being scared is thought to be a bad thing, but people go out and pay to be scared. Yeah, I generally avoid fearful scenarios in real life mm -hmm. and i also generally avoid scary movies but i can be coerced into watching a scary movie i usually am not coerced into a room full of spiders <laughs> I... <laughs> usually not coerced. <laughs> i'm gonna say usually because i don't want to it's never been proposed to me okay and i don't want to be caught lying 
if I say yes. I don't want to make a promise I can't keep. <laughs> oh, man. My worst fear would probably be being trapped in a room full of spiders. <laughs> That'd be horrible. We'll get into that. We'll get into but, that. Yeah, let's talk but, about our yeah, fears. Let's, but let's answer your question yeah, first. Um, there's been a lot of study on why people enjoy being scared or enjoy scary movies. The consensus tends to be, we don't know. Um, <laughs> anecdotally, I would imagine that when you're scared, adrenaline gets released, and then that makes you feel like pumped up, and that's like a good feeling, especially if you know there's no immediate danger. It's just this rush of like, oh, I can do anything. Right. Um, I remember sometime in high school uh, reading an article that had Stephen King quotes, and I think um, Aristotle thought this as well, because I did research, that scary movies and scary stories are sort of like a purging method, where like we all have this id, and we all have this like sort of darkness inside of us, and we need to find outlets for them. And so scary movies is a way to purge. That's why they call it the purge. <laughs> Um, no, those, that's just purging all the evil of the earth. Oh, I see. <laughs> but that theory is uh, a little contradictory or completely contradictory of the research conducted with violent media and the statistics of expressing emotions that result in more of that emotion. So a lot of people think like punching a wall will release their anger and then they'll get over it. But oftentimes punching a wall will actually just reinforce that you're angry and you'll stay angrier. So I don't know how, to, how I feel about that theory, whether I agree or not. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I do like the idea of, oh, in modern society, we don't run into bears anymore. I mean, I'm sure there's people that run into bears, but <laughs> not necessarily in the same danger sense as when we were in caves. And so... Maybe there is a part of us that needs to release that feeling of, oh, I this feeling of I might die. Yeah. And maybe that's why people enjoy roller coasters, enjoy haunted houses. For me, at least, and I know this is the case with other people, it's very much a, a what-if scenario. What if there was a zombie apocalypse? It's like, oh, who would your crew be? Like, where would you guys hole up and stuff? It's like, what if someone's consciousness was inserted into my mind and I was still like foggy barely there but they were living in my body that is insane what get out <laughs> no you didn't get that no I did I just got scared because <laughs> I was also scared of that scenario <laughs> um yeah the the what ifs seems to make sense another theory that was brought up were the idea of societal fears so in the 50s, when nuclear war was the big threat, a lot of the monsters were nuclear mutants. So uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon or a radiated giant spider, things like that. Later, there were mistrust of authority. So parents, like in Nightmare on Elm Street, the parents essentially betrayed the kids, just like Nixon betrayed um, the American people. This kind of coincides with another idea, a little bit more of the primitive id idea that Stephen King talked about of human-based monsters. Monsters tend to have like cannibalistic traits, 
so vampires have fangs and eat people. A lot of movie murderers like Hannibal Lecter also eat people. Yeah, trying to combine the qualities of an actual like cre- uh, animalistic creature with the uh, identifiable uh, monsters in our society. Yeah. So yeah, more than likely that's how this came about. Yeah. So it's kind of a what if scenario of what if the world does get irradiated? Will ants grow to five hundred times the size and eat people? When what you... if the day kept on repeating? Would you learn karate and learn how to defend yourself? <laughs> <laughs> if you had enough time. Yeah. <laughs> Which she said she had like sixteen days. I don't think that's enough time. <laughs> um, one thing that I that came up in my mind when you were talking about maybe generational fears leading to the themes within the scary movies of that time, you can acknowledge the difference in scary movies in the United States versus the difference in scary movies in other countries, because other countries have different fears. And so you might think of a scary movie in Japan often involves babies and children ghosts, right? Is that... Yeah, Um, The one that springs to my mind is The Grudge or The Ring. Those are both ghost children Mm -hmm. that are seeking vengeance. Right. Yeah, something like that. Whereas, like, a lot of the scary movies that I think of involves some form of isolation or not being able to escape, and it's usually some sort of adult killer or monster or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... I would say Black Mirror is, for all intents and purposes, a horror show. For some reason, I it, thought you were going to say I would. <laughs> Black Mirror is for all ages. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, I don't have to show my ID. I don't have to walk in with an adult. But um, it is a British show, and British horror seems to be this idea of industrial growth or technological advancement. And this is also the idea of the famous Jack the Ripper, uh, or Spring-Heeled Jack, which is like an English folklore demon. Those take place in cities, where there's a lot of people, but also there's like factories. The seedy, dark underbelly. I'm not sure if you're familiar with like a video game at all called Amnesia, The Dark Descent. I think I've it's heard of it. very much set in sort of a uh, 1800s England, sort of diving into these... Uh, deep occult secrets in like a dilapidated mansion but yeah like i think i connect with that theory a little bit more as to the themes of scary movies not necessarily why we watch them but maybe like there's this like the relevance to them is what brings us Mm -hmm. to watch them like and then potentially there's another theory that says like people watch scary movies to watch other people confront their fears and sort of give them the confidence that they need to confront their own fears which i think is a interesting idea hey if he took down jason i can pass my test tomorrow hey if that guy can cut off his own leg just to escape that cellar i can go to the dentist (laughs) hey if ripley can defeat the aliens then i can file my taxes on time which is a fear that I, I have. Yeah. Of one, having to do taxes is just general anxiety because I don't know what I'm doing. 
but then also like the IRS is scary enough where the Joker in the Batman animated series wouldn't take them on. Yeah. All of a sudden, the government needs me to tell them the amount of money that I made that they already know. <laughs> and if I don't do that, I go to jail. That's a that's a power move. They should make a horror movie about the IRS. <laughs> Thanks, Ripley, for giving me yeah. that motivation. <laughs> um, there was this other theory that I read that kind of creeped me out, which was, it was called the snuggle effect. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like why people end up at the movies, but it did talk about the levels of enjoyment regarding a movie. A man is more likely to enjoy a movie if they see that the woman who they're watching it with is afraid or gets afraid. And a woman enjoys a movie less if they see the guy be afraid because they want to see the guy I guess as tough and so it's called the snuggle effect because both of them have coexisting motivations for enjoying the movie and both would involve the girl snuggling up to the guy and the guy protecting the girl it's like that classic sitcom trope where the guy's like oh we'll invite him to the scary movie like that's how you get the girl to make out with you cut to the movie theater the guy's scared and the girl's like super into the movie <laughs> that's just more of like the joke is role reversals get it <laughs> it's funny because women are supposed to be scared <laughs> i just think that's a really creepy theory. yeah <laughs> i agree what a what a weird thing to like snuggling uh, in <laughs> yeah that's the worst thing. hey girl you scared Oh. Let me suck in your fear. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, overall, I am anti-snuggle effect because I definitely get the most afraid of, in scary movies. I generally don't think I have like accessible fears to, to me, but I do have large-scale irrational fears. There are some like unrealistic ones. And I guess some like disease driven that could happen to me once. The one of the most unrealistic fear that I have is waking up and it being like seventh grade or eighth grade. And my memories of the past like 15 or so years just slowly start fading. But they exist long enough for me to feel their loss. That, yeah, or... <laughs> yeah, to, it, the, yeah, to fear their loss, to feel their loss. That reminds me of a prank I read when I was in middle school where I thought it was hilarious. You're, you go up to a random person in like a store and you get like three or four people to do it and you just walk by them and go, wake up. And then another person walks by is like, wake up, you're in a coma. And then like, wake up. And, and uh, th looking back on it, that would be... Horrific if you find out like you're trapped in a coma, um, which I did mention earlier in the podcast. Um, I mentioned getting trapped in the time loop, getting trapped particularly somewhere tight where I can't move around a lot. But even if I were to like go to jail and be put in solitary confinement, that would be like really horrifying to me. And then if the room was filled with spiders, that would be even worse. Oh, man. Horror, American horror has conditioned me. 
where at this time in uh, in middle school, I was just home alone as I so often was because both my parents were working and I heard like a knock on the door and the antisocial kid that I was, I just would ignore knocks on the door. That was until I heard the doorknob turn and the door open and I just booked it and hid in my garage for like three hours. So it's literally that like you can't contact anyone if you're like home alone at night scenario things those is, is there a resolution to that did you find yeah, out like did someone Ooh, just rob, someone your house? rob you <laughs> no i was nothing nothing was missing uh after three hours in the garage i worked up the courage because i was just like on the computer i wasn't wearing shoes i found like an old pair of like uh baseball cleats that were like two sizes too small because <laughs> i had not played baseball since i was like younger <laughs> and i ran i just worked up the courage and ran all the way to my friend's backyard because our backyards were connected <laughs> and that's uh, how you got away did like what happened to your house oh (laughs) do your parents know about this story yes i uh, i made them aware and then the next day they were like worried about me and like they sent the neighbor in after me my mom like drove home for work it's like what what's wrong i like, what no i just slept in it's like i've been calling the house all day i'm like oh i guess i was sleeping through your phone calls (laughs) sorry okay my assumption was your parents got home earlier than expected. No. That's what I was interested I, in. To the same, so I so they no were not idea. your parents. If it was a very forward telemarketer okay. or a neighbor, I'll have no idea. <laughs> okay. That's that was that what I was scary. asking. Yeah. That's that's that beats mine, I'd say. <laughs> uh, a more realistic fear that I have, because that sounded pretty realistic because it happened to you, um, is a fear of it matches my previous fear of like losing my memory. I have a fear of getting Alzheimer's. Um, and my grandpa had it and we'll see how my dad does. But <laughs> but you know, place your bets on <laughs> We'll have a Twitter poll. <laughs> but yeah, generally like just He'll forget. I I feel like one way that I cope with that fear is trying to learn about Alzheimer's so that it's easy for my kids to convince me that I have Alzheimer's. So, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, this is how I adjust with this fear. I was actually is... watching a series recently where it's like, she was forgetting things that she didn't do in her daily routine. So if she wanted to remember something, she had to incorporate it into what she did every day. Like, she wanted to forget about her husband. So she always set a place at the table for him or whatever. And uh, if it brought up the, my biggest fear is like, forgetting that I'm forgetting. That's yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> is that what you're going yeah, for? so like the Alzheimer's aspect is like you don't know that you're that you're in it, mm-hmm. and so like my coping mechanism is to try to leave clues for myself throughout my life, yeah. <laughs> um, to to be able to figure out that yes, some memory has been swiped. So like my kids in their thirties would be able to be like, Dad. You're having an episode, and I'll be like, an episode of what? Oh, wait, no. I, I, learned, I learned about Alzheimer's, so I know what they're referencing. So now we're all on the same page. It might not help at all, but that's how I cope. So, Alex, your fear of waking up with all your memories is pretty similar to the loop aspect of Happy Death Day. Did watching this movie help you cope with that fear? Um, I'd say probably not. There's... She obviously escaped the loop. So, like, my fear would be, like, getting stuck in it permanently, which really makes Carter, like, 
a much bigger asshole making that prank at the <laughs> end of like, oh, remember that traumatizing experience you had that you've experienced for the last two weeks? Let me trigger it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but she seemed okay with it. She was like, oh, you silly asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, card. It's because he's so dreamy. It's because he's so cute. Oh my gosh, he's so dreamy. Um, so it didn't help us cope with our individual fears, but I would say it's probably in the theory of uh, horror movies where you relate to the protagonist and you root for them to overcome the evil. And then when they do, you feel, oh, I can do that too in my everyday life. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say if we were going to categorize Happy Death Day and to f sort of figure out who would enjoy watching it, it would be the independent viewers, the ones who like to see someone overcome their fears yeah i'd agree with that it was a very nice story of figuring out this mystery and she starts off very scared and then gets progressively more and more um determined determined yeah, yeah. and her discovering more about herself and solving her own personal issues equals an actual triumph over the evil and the killer as well because sometimes the scariest monster is yourself. Did you really just say <laughs> that's what you're going for? That's, that's, your, that's, your, that's the theme. <laughs> that's so, what you thought. That was the theme of our podcast. The biggest, the scariest monster is the murder of Baby Mask Joe. <laughs> Obviously, it's the murder of Baby Mask. Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe. Get it? We looped, just like the movie. But seriously, thank you guys so much for listening. Please tune in next Thursday when we talk about Black Mirror and technological advancement. If you liked us, tell your friends and find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. Thank you guys so much again. And if you are driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.